Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. This is Shannon, and tonight I'm here with Kristen and Mika, and we are going to explore the fantastic world of fantastical fantasy novels. Urban fantasy, kind of epic fantasy. Uh, knowing Mika, we might have like some kind of lighthearted, humorous fantasy. You just never know. So, I'm going to get into the usual housekeeping information, and then I'm going to start us off, followed by Kristen and then by Mika. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So before we actually start talking about books, though, Mika had a really good point, and she wants to talk a little bit about what draws us each to fantasy. So do you want to get us started with that, Mika? Sure. So um, fantasy was, I was introduced to fantasy in high school, um, and I grew up in the Bible Belt. So any kind of fantasy was seen as like taboo and, and like sinful and evil. So naturally I gravitated toward it. And <laughs> um, that's my girl. <laughs> and I wanted, I was just really entranced by um, like dragons and the oh, fang and swords and sorcery and like, all of these like epic battles and people having to fight for something. Um, and so that like in your traditional swords and sorcery, usually, you know, there's like a, you know, well, somebody's like morally good, someone's morally evil. And then yes. there's like somebody in the middle and you don't really know. They, they're kind of like the wild card of the story. Um, and I just love, I love like reading about different creatures and like kind of seeing how people struggle to um, to like to kind of win and to get their kingdom on track. I think for me, it is the many, many guises <clears throat> fantasy can wear and the way that it can exist like in almost any kind of world, any kind of setting you can think of, like we can have fantasy like that we read a lot of here, which is like urban fantasy that's set in our world. You can have like dark fantasy where things are 
much, much bleaker than in other types of fantasy. You can have like the lighthearted fantasy like Terry Pratchett. I just feel like it's, it can meet you in whatever kind of mood you're in and you can find it in whatever kind of setting involving whatever kind of characters you like to read about. It's just so um, like, like multi-purposed almost. I agree with that. And I wasn't really a big fantasy reader until, I don't know, three or four years ago, maybe three. And my first introduction to fantasy was Iron Druid. And I think what drew me into that world was obviously the dog. But, you know, I learned that fantasy, like you said, Shannon, can be so many different things it you know there's historical fantasy which I haven't read a ton of oh yes um but there's just so many different hats that a fantasy book can wear and I think it just those worlds because they can be so different and they don't have to be set in our world take me away much more than say a historical fiction or sometimes even a romance because that's still mostly unless it's romance in a fantasy is still modern day or modern world type thing so fantasy just can take me away to so many more places in my in my way of thinking it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy the other genres but fantasy is my primary genre to go to and it doesn't matter what mood I'm in, it it just fits. And um, I just, I think that it took me a while to find my genre niche, if you say, if you can, if that makes sense. Um, because my first introduction to books overall was romance when I was like 14. So <laughs> it took me a while to get into my niche for reading, but fantasy is definitely it. Excellent. So let's talk about some of the types of fantasy there are. Unfortunately, we, we cannot cover all of them, although I wish we could. That would be like an epically fantastic episode. It would. So my first pick tonight is by an author who's pretty new to me, although she has been writing for quite a long time. Her name is Helen Harper. And I first heard of her because of her Lazy, what is it? Lazy Girl's Guide to Witchcraft series, which is actually not the one that I picked up. Um, So I am reading Shrill Dusk, which is the first book in her City of Magic series. And this came out a couple of years ago, I think in early 2019. And it is set in Manchester, England, which is a little bit unusual for some of the urban fantasy. Because like, I feel like a lot of it is done in America. There's some in Australia. But I don't really see a lot of it in kind of the northern part of England like that. So this is the story of Charlie. And Charlie is a, a cleaner by day. She cleans primarily for the local police department. And at night, she is a bit of a card shark. She gets herself involved in all these like high stakes poker games and she wins like huge amounts of money. She's just very, very lucky. 
And so she's living this kind of crazy life where she's, you know, working during the day. And instead of going home and going to bed, she's gambling late into the night. And so one day when she is cleaning at the police department, the the world sort of seems to be overflowing with rats. They're just like pouring out of the ground. Oh, my Bob, no. Yes, it, it's a kind of horrifying thing. Um, Stacy and Sarah would, would not approve of this. <laughs> frightened, frightened. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone is frightened, obviously. But as Charlie is walking through this like massive rats, she's noticing that they're not coming near her. They're like sort of veering away from her. And then as quickly as the rats come, they just kind of vanish back into the sewers and the drains, like the ground almost seems to absorb them. And then to take the place of the rats, it is kind of like that. (laughs) And then to take the place of the rats, the sky begins to rain fire. And again, the fire is staying away from Charlie and she does not know why. Like she doesn't understand, like a lot of people are being injured by this fire and of course by the rats. And she doesn't understand why she's not affected. The world and must I'm, be cleansed of the, of the rats. <laughs> uh, yes, maybe that's what the fire is going to do. So she doesn't really understand why. And I understand why since I finished the book. But I, I'm not going to tell you why. Because that would be spoilery and terrible. But this is a sort of apocalypse story wrapped up in a fantasy novel. And I really liked... Helen Harper's writing style. I like that we can take that sort of urgency that we get when we read an apocalyptic novel and we can combine it with the really thorough world building that is required in fantasy. And the two just meet so well. And I found myself really swept away in Charlie's story and really like eager to understand what was happening and to kind of watch her try to save the world as as best she could. Um, This is a pretty short book as far as fantasy goes. There are two others in the series and I will definitely be continuing to pay attention to Helen Harper. She is definitely an author that I will be watching. Um, So this is Shrill Dusk and it's City of Magic book one and as I said it's by Helen Harper. My first pick for tonight is Oathsworn, Jackie Leon, number one, by K.N. Bennett, who also publishes under the name Kristen Bennett. So Jackie Leon is an amazing woman. She is a werecat shifter, which you don't see a lot of. Uh, Mostly you see wolves and, well, I guess... I don't know. You don't see them called werecats, I guess. But mostly if you see a cat shifter, it's like a leopard or a panther or a um, or something like a of tiger. that. Tiger. Like a big yeah, cat. She, yeah. She's, I forget exactly what kind of cat she is, but she's not a very big cat. Um, but she's very strong. So she is kind of a person that keeps to herself she's she doesn't put her nose in everybody else's business because she doesn't want her people's noses in hers (laughs) that's and um, (laughs) i'm kind of the same way so she is um running a bar 
in this little town in Texas. And most people don't know what she is. And it, there, if there are, it's very, very few people or, you know, people that are in her circle, but it's very few. She is dragged into a wolf pack battle, pretty much, um, between two rival packs. And she, she swears to protect the daughter of one of these, uh, the, one of the alphas, because she shows up at her door. And when a werecat gives her word, there's nothing she won't do to keep it. And one of those things is venturing outside of her own territory. And this is something she doesn't want to do. She's, she's kind of made her own little circle of, you know, area that's hers and nobody trespasses in her territory without her knowing it. But she swears to protect this little girl, even if it means her life and that takes her on this crazy wild ride of kind of learning who she is as a person, who she is as a werecat, what her kind of learning where her morals really are because what she thought they were and what she thought she would do in situations is not what she ends up doing because of her oath. But this is such a great book. It is such an amazing world. Even though it's, it's modern day, it, it does take place in Texas, which makes me happy. And I haven't gotten to the rest of the series yet, but if the rest of the books are anything like book one, it is going to be one epic ride. So this is Oath Sworn, Jackie Leon number one by K.N. Bennett. And you must go read it like yesterday it looks so good it is i've seen this book pop up um on ku um kindle unlimited and you know like based on like the books that i've read oh yeah and i was like super mm-hmm. intrigued but i forgot about them until you mentioned them so thank oh. you so much so um the book that i would like to talk about um my kind of fan so the kind of fantasy i'm going to talk about with this book is what i like to deem as fantasy road trip Ooh. <laughs> Woo-hoo. um because it has unlikely allies who are put together and they are tasked to do something so the book i'm going to talk about is called mystic and writer It is the first in the 12 Houses series by Sharon Shen. And this book is amazing. Um, So the setup is that the kingdom of Gilangaria has 12 different noble houses. And each of these noble houses are known for something specific. So like one house is known as like the spy house. Um, And... And the king of Gilangaria has heard that there are, um, that there's rumors that um, the mystics, so the mystics who are basically mages in the, in the kingdom, they're, they're tolerated, but there's rumors afoot that the king is being ensnared 
by his by his wife who is magical or so or so the rumors say so he has put together a task force pretty much full of people who completely distrust each other and um and they are forced to go on a fantasy road trip they're forced to go across the kingdom to find out if any of these rumors are substantiated and and kind of what the unrest looks like and the main characters in this one um like the the two at least the two protagonists of this book are Seneth and Tace. Tace is like the king's guard basically and um or the king's rider so he's a guard and Seneth is a mystic and um she is kind of shrouded in mystery and there are others who join the group including including people who can shapeshift into different yes. types of shapes and it is really really awesome and um and there is a cult who wants to purge the kingdom of mystics and there is jewelry that if it touches a mystic's hand it burns them which is how they can tell who the mystics are so the <clears throat> the series the first one especially to me is like is or the first two are especially like fantasy road trip um and the series it just gets better and better and having to see like these people who really at best tolerate each other have to learn how to get along with one another and taste doesn't trust mystics and um and there's and like a couple of the main characters are kind of bigoted against mystics and so like watching them have to like confront their own biases and have to work together as a unit is pretty darn sweet. So again, it's Mystic and Writer, the first in the in the 12 Houses series by Sharon Shin. I read her um, Archangel series, but then I also read the first book in like an elemental series by her. I think it was called Troubled Waters. Ooh. And I just really like her writing. She has is has very evocative writing. And she's, uh, and she just describes her descriptions are in like less detail and there's lots of fighting and there's even suspension. Oh, so, okay. You, know, you, you can't lose. this author again? Sharon, Sharon Shen. Shen. Sharon Shen. And it's so good. So my second book tonight starts out a series that I discovered in 2018 and it's a series that just doesn't get enough love like that is the first thing I have to say about it this is a series that I want everyone to read and fall in love with because I'm afraid if a lot of people don't start reading it maybe the author will stop writing it and that would make me so sad so this is Heart of Malice Alice Worth book one by Lisa Edmonds and all the books in the series are heart of something So at first I thought this was like the Heart of series. Like that just made sense to me. But Mm -hmm. it's actually the Alice Worth series. So Alice is a very powerful mage. And she's living in hiding. She was kept prisoner by her grandfather who ran this, well still does, run this really horrible cabal of magic users. And he uses them just basically for his own ends. And he does not treat them well at all. And Alice is one of the most powerful mages that he has come across. And so it was very important for him to kind of keep her 
uh, tucked away as his like secret weapon. So she's living under an assumed name. Alice Worth is not the name that she was born with. And she's been away from her grandfather now for about five years when we first meet her. And she is hiding her power under a concealment spell. So people know her. They see her as just kind of like this mid-level like water mage um and she's not like in their minds really anything special she is she works as like a magical private investigator and that's fine for her like it keeps her kind of under the radar but it also manages to you know help her pay the bills because now that she's not with her grandfather she of course is you know out on her own for the first time and has to find a way to keep existing so she doesn't have to go back sold Yes. <laughs> so she is investigating the mysterious death of an older woman. And she realizes that this woman has very, very specific warding around her house. And she doesn't quite know why. And as she's trying to figure this out, she is thrust into this battle between like shapeshifters and vampires and feuding cabals. And this battle, unfortunately, is going to put her directly in the path of her grandfather, although she doesn't Ooh. realize that at first. She teams up with a ghost named Malcolm, and this is actually a ghost that I don't hate, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. um, what? Not a I ghosty know. person. What? But Malcolm is, is pretty cool. Um, she also has a shapeshifter boyfriend named Sean, who is the alpha of a very inclusive werewolf pack where humans and mages are welcomed. Not all pack members love this, but in general, the pack is, is pretty diverse and inclusive. And I really, really like that about it. I liked seeing kind of people from different types of supernatural groups like coming together. Mm -hmm. Um, Alice is a character that at first you might not like because she's she's very prickly. Her guard is up like 127% of the time. Um, she's always worried that somehow, you know, the things that she does are going to get people hurt and that that's going to be her fault. And so she has to undergo a lot of character growth to kind of understand that She's not responsible for all the ills of the world. There are six books in the series so far. I have read the first four. Um, and it's very tempting for me, even though I'm not normally a series binger, to like just devour this series. But I'm not sure when book seven is coming out. So I don't really want to do that because then I'll be deprived for a while. Yeah. Wait until yeah. book seven but comes out and then read like and then read the, the <laughs> next the yes. last three. <laughs> That's how I so. I, I just, I really, really love these books. Um, I know that Natalia has read them. My partner, Christine, um, who does the editing here at Book Beast Row, really likes these as well. So this is Heart of Malice, Alice Worth, book one by Lisa Edmonds. And I so highly recommend it. I think Stacy really likes these books too, doesn't she? I think I've Stacey's seen read these. I I've feel tried like to get her has. to read them. I've tried to get her to. Okay. Um, my second book tonight is a book that I have recently read. Um, Venom and Vanilla. And it is the Venom Trilogy book one by Shannon Mayer. Ooh. And um, 
Sarah I really like was, Shannon Mayer right now. I, I, I like <laughs> She seems to be very popular amongst our ladies lately. Um, yes. Sarah was reading this trilogy and I saw her, I think she was reading like the third book. And I, when I looked it up to post it or to list it that week, um, I looked at the whole trilogy and thought it looked really good. So I picked up book one. So Venom and Vanilla is about a girl. Her name is Alina. And she catches a virus that is spread by supernatural beings. Uh Um, But because of her religion, which I am blanking on the name of, but it reminds me very much of um, hardcore Christians that believe that um, sins, no matter how small will send you to hell um no matter how good of a person you are if if you do something and there's a repercussion you obviously deserved it and you're going to hell so um she catches this deadly virus which pretty much once people catch this they're whisked away to this hospital on an island that is run by supernaturals because they're, they're the ones that can't catch it. Um, and you just waste away. There is no cure. There is no slowing it down. You just waste away. So her one way out of this is to be turned into a supernatural. She calls them super dupers, which I find <laughs> funny and childish all at the same time. But she calls them super dupers. So... But everything in her religion tells her that supernaturals are just, they're unnatural, obviously. And to become one means that she will go to hell. The fact that she's already caught this virus, she's pretty much been alienated by her family. And they believe that she deserved to get sick. And so they've pretty much just cut her off. Um. Her brother passed away five years previously to the virus, or so she thinks. But she eventually is um, convinced to become a super duper. And so a warlock changes her, but her request is to be made into something very unique. But she doesn't want to be recognized on site as a supernatural she still wants to look human um and so he gives her what she asks for but she is turned into something that not even the supernaturals know what she what she is but and that i'm not giving any spoilers here this is given in the synopsis she was offered to be turned um because there is a Greek god that is out to kill her kind. And because of what she's been turned into, he is the first one she is after. And so she has to kind of come into her own. Um, She has to kind of figure out who she is as a supernatural 
realize that her old life is not something she can go back to, even though she really, really wants to. She becomes kind of a badass in her own right, though she refuses to curse. So <laughs> she's like, it, it. it's like getting really good. And then all of a sudden she's like, kiss my butt. And I'm like, really? Come on, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, she really does kind of um, grow by the end of the book. She, um, she learns that with her supernatural abilities that she's not some little innocent good girl that has to play by the rules because now she kind of has to make her own rules. Um, but this, this book, while it took me a little bit to get into, and I'm really hoping there's more character growth in the next, uh, I think there's two book, three books in this series. Um, I think that this is a good entry into this world. And I think she does grow pretty well in this first book. So this book again is Venom and Vanilla, the Venom trilogy book one by Shannon Mayer. I'm really excited Yay. about this book because a, she, she's a baker. Yes. yes. I meant to mention that. Yes. She is a baker. And, a baker. and B it takes place in Seattle. That, yes, you guys have like so many great books set in like Washington <laughs> State. I know, it's, it's true. I read um, the first book in her Midlife Bounty Hunter series. Uh, what is it, Forty Proof series? And the first book is Midlife Bounty Hunter, and it is also set in Seattle. No, I'm sorry. Start. She used to live in Seattle, and then she ends up going to Savannah, Georgia. But she, like, you see little flashbacks of her time um, on the West Coast. It's like me, but in reverse. I used to live in Georgia, and then I moved to Washington. It's true. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So for my second book, I'm going to switch lanes here. And I'm going to talk about a very well-established series, which is very famous, has spawned video games and BBC plays, um, BBC radio dramas, and um, like a very those. a very popular... Yeah, some of those are cool. They, yeah, it's awesome. And a very popular MUD, which is a multi-user dungeon that I... That was my first one of those that I ever played. Um, <clears throat> so I would like to talk about the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett and the book that I would like to talk ah, about. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> I love these. And what I, the one I'd like to talk about in particular is a book called Equal Rights. Yes, yes, yes. And um, Equal Rights is about a, <clears throat> um, the book starts off with a wizard who is dying and he goes he would like to transfer he has to transfer all of his power to the eighth son of an eighth son and while and as soon as the baby is born he doesn't pay any kind of attention and he transfers all of his powers to her to the baby and then dies well the baby ends up being a girl (laughs) there and there are no female wizards it is their it is their rule there cannot be women who are wizards. And 
And so Granny, one Granny Esmeralda Weatherwax yes. <laughs> um, is determined to raise this young girl as a witch rather than a wizard. Well, that doesn't work. And <laughs> and the girl kind of runs away and Granny Weatherwax, who has never been off of the ram tops, um, has to go find her in Ankh-Morpork. And so the series is um, a couple of caveats here. I will be the first to tell you that I, um, I, I think that it is okay to read Terry Pratchett books out of order. Um, and because I really didn't like the first one. So, um, and I think that when you're reading his books that you need to research which characters you want to read the stories about and then read the books that correlate to their stories. So, um, so equal rights is the, is book three, but it's the first in the witches series. And it's so much fun. It's comedic. It's laugh out loud. Um, and also lots of snarky, subtle British humor as well. Um, and, and it, it's a story that has a lot of heart and we lost, we lost Sir Terry Pratchett way too soon. Um, yes, we, did. we really did, but his books, the Discworld books, I really started reading them, um, a few months ago when I really needed like some books that were light and funny and, um, and I was really struggling to read it all. So, um, it took me out of my like depression book slump, which I really appreciated. Um, and the books are, they're just so much fun. And there's books about like with um, the disc world is a planet that sits on the back of a tortoise who is held up by four elephants. So that hey, is, <laughs> so that is, that is how the disc world operates and there's a lot of fun in that series and there's one of my favorite characters who is not um really in this well you see him a little bit in this series but one of my favorite characters is the character of death and I think that oh, yes. Terry, Terry Pratchett had a lot to write about death and dying and letting go and things like that but he writes it in such a heartfelt yet comedic way that it that it is really quite quite a delight. So again, Equal Rights by Sir Terry Pratchett, the third in the Discworld series. It's okay to read them out of order. I give you permission. Natalia's <laughs> not sounds... here, so it's okay. <laughs> so my next book is really, really new. Um, it just came out, I believe, on March 9th. And this is A Dark and Hollow Star. It's the first book in a series with the same name, and it is by Ashley Shuttleworth. And I was because LBGTQ representation in kind of a young adult urban fantasy setting. And that made me very, very happy because I feel like we read a lot of books about straight people. And as someone who does not identify as such, I'm always really, really glad when I can see some people who don't, you know, just sort of follow the 
norms of society and marry someone of the opposite sex. Yes. So this is a story that is set kind of like right on the edge of where the human world and the fae world collide. And it's set up in such a way that most humans don't know that the fae world exists, but some of them do. And this tends to be a problem. So we follow four different characters throughout this novel, and they are tasked in different ways with sort of uncovering the identity of someone who is murdering young fae teens. They are, they're normally called ironbloods, so they are half human and half fae, but they seem to be more sort of on the fae end of the spectrum, like they have some abilities that humans don't usually have, and someone is targeting them. And so we follow these four young people as they try to kind of figure out what's happening, who is responsible for these killings. And we also dive deep, deep into fae politics and kind of the inherent like racism that can exist in novels about the fae, kind of the idea that like pure blood is what's most important. Like you can be a terrible person, but as long as you have pure fae blood like it's fine um and so i really kind (laughs) of like that (laughs) um and i just i really liked shuttleworth's ability to take social issues and change them up a little bit so that they fit into her world but they're still so recognizable as things that you know people are actually facing in our like real world um it never feels like preachy it never feels like the issues are getting in the way of the story's like trajectory but you just you see that like certain things have been normalized in society that that shouldn't be and as we watch these four young people battle kind of to keep their own places in society as well as to uncover kind of the corruption we see that you know we need people to do that in in the real world as well this is a big book it's a busy book it changes points of view pretty often there's a lot going on so it's not a book that you want to like read while you're doing other things it's a book that takes a lot of focus but is so so worth your time this is a dark and hollow star a dark and hollow star book one by ashley shuttleworth Oh, it sounds so good. It, so it good. is so good. I can't Gotta wait to see politicals. What, I just I hate I can't wait to see kind of how she expands the series like as it moves forward and like you know now that we know at the end of this book like about the killings like now what are these people going to contend with? I must mm-hmm. know. It's compared to The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, as well as um, Cassandra Clare's like uh, Mortal Instruments series. So my book, next book, is a young adult fantasy. Um, And this is not something I read a ton of because young adults can be whiny and obnoxious. But um, and also brave and smart and resourceful. Yes, just they saying, can be yes. <laughs> 
So my next book that I'm going to talk about tonight is Midnight Kisses, Shifter Island, Book One by Leah Stone. And this is, as it says, a shifter book. There are wolves and other shifters, but the main characters are wolf shifters. Um, Nye is 18 or 19. She is a, a member of a pack that has been banished from Shifter Island. Um, and she has been raised all her life to prepare or be prepared to take over the pack from her father once he is gone. But in order to be able to do that, she has to attend um, an academy, a school where she will be, um, where she where she will learn her magical elements because all um, alphas are able to work magic, um, whether it be water, fire, um, spirit, and I believe air. Um, and so at the school, she will, she will learn what her elements are and how to control them and all of that. Her summons to the academy comes a year early, which is unexpected. And on top of that, um, four guys are sent to get her. They are kind of her guard, um, that take her to the school but they are not her friends. They are, or they are not friendly. They are, um, alpha heirs from another pack. And once she gets to the school, it is found out that the alpha king does not want her there. Um, that he did not summon her to the school. And so now she has to figure out why she was gotten a summons a year early. And on top of this, there are different attacks happening on the school. Um, there was one from Selkies, um, one from other shifters. And then she meets her fated mate at a masquerade party at the school. And... One thing that is absolutely forbidden is to mate outside of your own pack. However, this is uh, not how it's going to go for Nye because it turns out that her mate is from another pack. And she has to find out how to overcome that and figure out who he is. So there's a lot of um, suspense in this book. There's a lot of um, there's magic, there's, it's enemies to lovers, there's, um, found family, all of this, and it is really, really a great book. Um, as far as I know, there's at least four or five books in this series right now, but the first one is Midnight Kisses, Shifter Island, book one by Leah Stone. The third book that I'm going to talk about tonight will make Shannon very happy. Good. Mm -hmm. We like um, making Shannon happy. It also has to deal with shapeshifters. 
Ooh, yes. yay. And I'm going to talk about the Ghost Mountain Pack series, <gasps> which which begins yay. with it begins with Alpha by Audrey Faye. And Faye is F-A-Y-E. And I will say right now that these books are only on Kindle, but that you should not let that get in the way <laughs> of you reading <laughs> it. Um, they are so far, there are seven in the series. I binged this entire series within like a week and a half and they are amazing. So the first book alpha is about, um, it opens up with three friends, three guys who are walking through the woods and they suddenly they're werewolves and they suddenly feel something that's terribly wrong. And there is an alpha wolf um, who is about to murder his pack mate and her child. Oh no. And, Ooh. and um, Hayden um, kills him, kills the alpha. And because of that, he becomes the new alpha, Ooh. which he wasn't quite ready to do, um, <laughs> but he wasn't just going to let, a woman and child get hurt um, on his watch. So, so um, this is unlike most paranormal romance or like urban fantasy books that you read because this is literally the only death that happens in the whole series. Ah, wow. Um, I, being the bloodthirsty individual that I am, was like... <laughs> kill all the bad guy like just kill them all <laughs> and, um but they didn't much to my dismay <laughs> but and understanding um and so hayden and lissa lissa is the woman who was about to get who she was about to get murdered by her alpha um hayden has inherited this pack but it's a very broken pack and because the alphas and the alpha and the dominance in the pack terrorized everybody else. Um, and so, and the dominance were terrorizing people because they were like young men who like from most of whom from teenagers, um, you know, had this alpha showing them how they should act. And so they kind of took a wrong path. And the series is very, it's a very like found family. It's found family all over the place. And the whole series honestly is just about how this pack comes to like starts to heal from all of this trauma, both personal traumas and collective ones. Um, and it is, just really amazing to watch this happen and to also kind of watch Hayden and Lissa um, and their, and their like very, 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 very slow burn romance, crock pot romance, if you will. But it's, wow. I like that. (laughs) I like that too. The romance is kind of, is honestly like an afterthought. Like there are romances in this series, but they're, they're like they're like the seasoning of the series right Mm, but like mm -hmm. the main portion of it is honestly this pack like they have to learn how to make money you know to support the pack 
They have to learn how to trust each other and themselves. They have to learn how to stop cowering in front of dominance. And there is this like, and there's so many like people who are just really just very, very broken. Um, and they have to figure out like how, how they can best heal. And um, the books, while, while the books do focus on different characters, you still get to see like no one is ever really like a previous character. It's just kind of all intermingled. So it's like a great big saga. Yeah, and that's what I like. Oh, it's so, so good. Like it make, there's laughter, there's tears. And watching this pack through the course of this series go from being like beaten down and traumatized um, to like learning how to trust themselves and each other. That's the journey. Like that's what makes this, this series so sweet. Um, and there's not just wolves, but there's like cats. There's a rave, there's a raven. Ooh. There's yeah. Like um, there's so many, there's so many different types of shifters and it's, it's really, it's really incredible. So again, the book is called Alpha Ghost Mountain Pack Book One by Audrey Fay. And Audrey Fay writes, um, she also wrote a series of books called Lesbian Assassins. And I'm just, Ooh. I'm ready. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> I want a book like that. Yeah, that I, mean, I know, awesome. right? <laughs> okay, so my last book rocked my world a few years ago. This is Crown of Feathers, Crown of Feathers book one by Nikki Paupretto. This is a novel about the grand mythical phoenix. I love Ooh, phoenixes. We I do not too. see enough of them in, in fiction. Like we see a lot of dragons, we see unicorns, we sometimes see griffins, but where, oh, where are all the phoenixes? Well, they are here. <laughs> so this is set in a mythical world and 16 years before the first book began there was a terrible war between sister queens and this kind of severed the bonds between certain factions of the world so we follow three characters here the first, and I would say the one that is more like the main character than any of the others, is a young woman named Veronica. And Veronica lives kind of under the thumb of her very controlling, very twisted older sister, Val. And after a terrible, terrible betrayal at Val's hands, Veronica runs away. And it has been her dream for as long as she can remember to join the group of Phoenix Riders that she's heard stories of like all of her life. The problem? Well, the Phoenix Riders say that you have to be a boy or a man in order to ride a Phoenix. And so Veronica, of course, dresses up as a boy and manages to find the Phoenix Riders and attempt to forge a place for herself in their midst. We also follow Tristan, who is a Phoenix Rider and the son of kind of the commander of the Riders. And he is very different from his father, who is not a nice man. But he also, kind of like Mika was describing, um, was also kind of raised to believe that like people should act in a certain way, even if there's a part of him that doesn't 
fully believe that he he thinks that you know you you should like this is what he was taught and so mm-hmm. he struggles with himself quite a bit to sort of overcome some of the like downsides of the way his father has raised him and he has such an amazing bond with his phoenix um i just i really liked watching the two of them together the third character is seth and seth has some magical abilities that he is keeping hidden for reasons of his own he has been uh, conscripted into the royal army and he is tasked with wiping the world of magic and especially of phoenix riders this is just a long sweeping story full of pretty much everything that i love in ya fantasy um there is this really interesting relationship that blossoms between Tristan and Veronica while he still thinks that she's a boy. Um, they, they kind of build this really strong friendship that is threatened, of course, when her identity is revealed. We also see how Seth is, is hiding his magic. And because of that, you know, he is very conflicted as he's like part of this army that's supposed to get rid of magic. Like, how can he do that when he himself is a magical person? Um, There are two books out in this series so far. The second one is called Heart of Flames. The third one is supposed to come out later this year. And I am so excited for it. These are long books, but they fly by. And I just really love the Phoenixes. I think like in so many ways, they set this series apart from so many YA series that are out there about kind of like reclaiming a kingdom. So this is Crown of Feathers, Crown of Feathers, book one by Nikki Paupretto. Paupretto. It sounds like a a fancy pasta sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I want this book though. Yeah, give me all the books. Really... Oh, no. it's so so good. It's like so long and wonderful. Oh. So my final book for tonight is a book that was so long awaited, and since Brooke isn't here, I get to talk about it. Yes, you um, do. <laughs> um. But A Court of Silver Flames was so long awaited. Um, And this is A Court of Thorns and Roses, number four, by Sarah J. Mass. And this book, I read the first three books. Well, I guess there's three books in a novella, right? This this wasn't the novella. No. Um, so I read the first three main books and the novella and there, that just wasn't enough for me. I was like, wait, where is Nesta's story? We have to know more about Nesta because while she was in the, the books, you just didn't really see her deeply. Um, or at least not deep enough for me. So when I saw that this was coming out, which I was kind of late to the party, seeing that it was coming out. Um, but I was very excited. So Nesta is Feyre's sister. Feyre is our main character 
in all three books. Um, and she, um, Farah is a very kind soul. She is a very giving soul. Um, and she's a very, or a, what I think is pretty resilient um, because she's put through quite a lot in, uh, at least in the first book. Um, so Nesta is her sister and Nesta is a very prickly person. She holds a lot of grudges and, um, but she also holds a lot of self doubt and she blames herself for a lot of things, but because she's trying to hide that and cover that up, she's kind of a very outwardly bitter person. Um, she is brought into Feyre's world pretty unwillingly. Um, she is turned into a high Fae when she has always hated the Fae. Um, because of what has happened to her family. Um, and so this kind of tells her story after she has been brought into the Fae world. And there is a lot of slow burn romance in this book. Um, and I wasn't really sure how I felt about her romance. Um, honestly, even by the end of the book, I wasn't quite invested in her romance, but that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, but Nesta has to learn to, to find herself. She has to learn how to use her power. She's a very powerful person. Um, but she doesn't know how to handle this. And so it makes her very bitter. She has really gone down a bad path. She indulges in a lot of drinking and multiple bed partners and just really doesn't take care of herself and just seems to not care what happens to her, whether she lives or doesn't. Um, and so Farah decides that that's enough of that. And she is going to pretty much give her sister no choice in in her uh, pretty much sucking it up buttercup. Um, so she makes her, her go to live at this um, and at the house of Wynn, which is this very nice house atop a very big mountain that the only way out is to either go down 10,000 steps or you have to be able to fly and winnow, which is pretty much poof, you're there. Um, and Nesta can't do any of that. So she's forced to go live at this house where she is no longer able to get down to the city to drink and indulge. She is forced to start training with Cassian, learning how to fight and handle weapons. Um, in the process of this, she's also... Uh, learning to handle um, 
um, her magic. She does have magic, but it is very powerful, scary magic. Um, and she has to learn how to use that. And there are people who are out to pretty much take over the Fey world. They want to rule all the courts. Um, and they're not very good people, but there are four, three items, I think, that are very powerful. And if somebody gets their hands on all three, they pretty much can rule the world. It's kind of like that one, one ring to rule them all kind of thing. Um, and these three items have to be found and there's only one person that can find them. And who do you think that is? But she doesn't want to do it. So before I give any spoilers, this, this book is just all about Nesta. She is our main character. Um, she, has, she also has to learn to open her heart. Nesta is an avid reader as well, which kind of Yay. made me love her. Um, the House of Wind seems to really like her. And when she requests romance books, they just kind of appear. Um, and then it starts to learn her taste. So it just kind of plops books down in her room. And, uh, that, that's quite funny to me that it just, it's like, here, more suggestions, more suggestions. Um, so this is all Nessa's story. It is a very long story, but it is one that needed to be told. It really shows you Nesta in depth. Um, there'll be some heartfelt moments that make you cry. There will be some moments you want to shake Nesta by her collar. Um, <laughs> it's, she can be very frustrating. But it's definitely um, one of the better books of the series. And I believe there's, at least according to Goodreads, there's two more books to come out. I don't know when, because right now they are marked as untitled. Um, so I don't know whose stories those will be, but I'm very interested to see yes. who they are. Untitled is my favorite, my favorite novel. I know, right? There are so um, many novels called that too. There are so <laughs> so many different genres. I just really uh -huh. appreciate that. It's I amazing. know. Um, so once again, this is a court of silver flames, a court of thorns and roses, book four by Sarah J. Moss. Mass, <laughs> I've been considering reading her, but I shall I shall need to consult with you ladies off of the podcast. My recommendation for you is House of Earth and Blood, which is the first in her Crescent City series. Ooh. Um, it has like the urban fantasy feel in like an epic fantasy setting. Ooh. So for my fourth book, so I really struggled with this episode because I came in, in the episode like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. And then I named a whole bunch of books and Kristen was like, that's this more this than four. Yeah, like <laughs> seven or something. There's like a whole bunch. And I'm finding that the ones that I initially mentioned are not ones that I'm talking about, which is really, which is really funny. Um, so I am going to talk about it's of course this could not be a podcast without me mentioning some urban fantasy. 
And I'm going to mention a book. I'd like to talk about a book that my friend Pratik um, told me about. And it is in the Guild Codex, the Guild Codex series. Yes, Annette Marie. Yes, by Annette Marie. The first book is called Three Mages and a Margarita. Ah, that's on my TBR. It is on mine too. (laughs) It is, it is, um, I would say, that's a young adult, I guess. I don't know. Um, She's 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess 22. like new adult, I guess. Like it, I think it's how they categorize it on Goodreads. I feel like there hasn't been enough steam for it to be new adult yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Three Mages and a Margarita, which is in the Guild Codex series, book one by Annette Marie. You guys, this book. So... Um, <laughs> So the main character, her her name is Tori, and she is a fiery redhead. And the book begins with her basically getting getting tired of dealing with like customer service and people being rude to her. And a woman throws her drink on her while she's waitressing. And Tori, as the waitress, takes the tray that had the drinks that just got spilled and bashes the woman in the face with it. And that's pretty much how (laughs) the book starts off. deservedly so but tori really struggles with keeping a job um i wonder why <laughs> and she's got a hell of a temper on her she yeah. struggles with keeping a job she's basically homeless oh, she's dear. like surf she's couch surfing on her brother's couch um i actually forgot what part of the world this book takes place in so i feel like it's like in the south or somewhere but maybe not um <laughs> sounds about and, right <laughs> yeah i have no idea i forgot where it takes place but and maybe they don't actually say so um i think the but, author is canadian so oh I'm thank wondering. you this this book does take place in i believe vancouver thank you uh, you're welcome vancouver <laughs> this is why you and Kristen are my smart friends <laughs> <laughs> thank you so so um, Tori is basically at her lowest and she finds a piece of paper like in an alley and it has three different businesses that are looking for workers. And so she goes into this, she finds this business, it's a bar and she walks into the bar and she struggles to walk in there. Like she feels a sense of dread, but she doesn't really know why. And she just kind of grips her teeth and bears it and walks in. And the, the, person who owns the bar is so like shot is so like um harried and worried that she asks tori to just um work at the bar for the for the (laughs) evening and tori does and then um and then and doesn't realize that that they're actually having a guild meeting she kind of finds out about all of magic by accident and she's a human and she doesn't have any powers and there are these three super hot guys um that are basically they kind of become her best friends and there's found family and Mm. there's lots of laughs and it's basically like tori trying to maneuver through this magical world when she doesn't really have any magical skills and how does a human how does a human 
deal with that? Like, how do they, how do they figure it out? How, how do you as a human navigate through a world of magic? And some of the different, um, it feels a lot like, like swords and sorcery because like one of the heroes uses a literal sword that he calls Sharpie. <laughs> I loved that when you were telling us about that. And um, somebody is able to, one of them is a pyromancer. There's aromancy, there's telepathy, there's um, telekinetics. So Ooh. each person has like different skills and sometimes a backup, like a secondary skill. Mm-hmm. And it's all amazing. And how do you, as just a human, how do you fight the big bads, right? Um, and so Very she's carefully. Yes. Yeah, really. She's like working in this bar. She's got these people that she's getting to know. She's she's learning. We learn about the world as she does. And she really kind of takes it all in stride. Um, and she is she is definitely a prickly heroine because she but she is afraid of being abandoned. And lots of people in her life have abandoned her. And so mm. she's really afraid that it's going to happen again. Um, anyway, it's super fun. Lots of like, it's, it's so enjoyable. I really, I really like the whole series. I've read the first two books. Um, there are eight in total plus um, I believe some novellas or some short stories. And I'm just really excited to kind of delve deeper into this world. And each book has different titles, like different um, titles with alcohol in it. So um, the, the second book is called Dark Arts, Dark Arts and a Daiquiri or Daiquiri and the Dark Arts or something like that. So, um, and they're just, they're just super fun. And I think that you would enjoy that, you know, if you like urban fantasy, um, they say it's light, but man, it gets kind of dark in the second book. So I, I don't know that it's as light as people think it is. Um, so again, it's called Free Mages and a Margarita Guild Codex One by Annette Marie. Guild Codex intrigues me because there's like Guild Codex and then there's Guild Codex Spellbound and Guild Codex like something else that are like spinoff series from yes. this one. Yes. Well, that brings us to the end of the fantasy episode for this evening. Thank you, Tamika. Yeah, so much more fantasy to discuss. Thank you to Mika and to Kristen for coming up with such great books to recommend. Thank you, of course, to Christine for all of her editing. And thank you so incredibly much, like more than I can ever say, to each and every one of you who joined us as we talk about all the books that we love. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.